Okay, here we go. Ready? Mm -hmm. Ooh. <laughs> I couldn't even hear it. What? You couldn't hear it? No. Well, no satisfying sounds for me. Mm -hmm. Mine's a, what's it called? Bottle. The top? No, yeah, no satisfying sounds at all. Poop. What are you drinking? I'm drinking an Angry Orchard. I'm drinking a Glutenberg. Fun fact about Angry Orchard is the first time I ever got drunk, I was with you and I was drinking Angry Orchard. I forgot about that. It was a night. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You woke up. And I got quiet and I didn't talk to anybody. And you woke so up like, sick, even though you only had like two. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I read as a lightweight. I don't like it. I'm not going to lie. But we don't have anything else. Mm -mm. That's gross. Tastes like pee. Update. My therapy appointment's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Wow. That was fast. I know, very fast. You know, Megan. So um, I reached out to Gilda's, which if anybody doesn't know Gilda's, it's um, this organization. Yeah. That helps people. Start over because when I drank, <laughs> my lips. Not slurp. I know my <laughs> lips made a noise like a fart, and I don't even want to think that I farted. <laughs> You're going to shit her pants. Ick. No. Please start over. Sorry. Um, anyway, I scheduled my first therapy appointment for tomorrow, but I originally didn't really have any recommendations for a therapist. And I have some friends that are in therapy in town, but I really wanted somebody that dealt with grief a little bit more. I don't want to only talk about grief. I want to talk about like anxiety and all that stuff, but I do want somebody that can really, really help me through grief. Cause I just feel like everything I do now is a little bit revolved around grief or has, you know, grief is like a, how do you say it? Grief is just always there, you know? <laughs> like a little, we're always wearing little grief jackets. <laughs> yeah, it's like the little men that are on your shoulder. You know, you have one that's yeah. not, and like one that's nice, but now you also have a grief one. Yeah, he's on top of your head and he's just like pulling at your hair being like, remember that you're sad. Remember you're sad. That's exactly it. <laughs> I have this little grief man that's always on my head now. That's what, what if I told her that tomorrow? She'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> you need to go to the psych ward. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I reached out to Gilda's, which I already do a support group through Gilda's where it's very specific. It's 18 through 30 year olds living in Nashville who have lost a parent to cancer because Gilda's is an organization that works with people with cancer and people and like family members who are affected by cancer and as well as people who have lost members to cancer. So anything revolving around cancer. So I reached out to one of the leaders at Gilda's Nashville. And I was like, hey, you got any therapists that you recommend? And she sent me one today. She said she was going to send me a few others, but I just decided to reach out to this person. And then the person called me like right away and was just like, I actually had a cancellation for tomorrow if you just want to start already. Dang. So yeah, I really liked that she was like got me in because I felt like everybody else kind of had waitings for a month. Normal, but she said she had a cancellation. So I'm really excited to start. And she, yeah, she just called me and we had kind of a bit of a intro and she, because I'm doing it through Gilda's, I got a de decreased rate for like the first oh, eight sessions. That's nice too. Yeah. So Dang. yeah. Cause she says she really likes her partnership with Gilda's. Yeah. She said, and then she's like, after your eight like times, like, no, there's no pressure. I mean, there's no pressure to go back at any time. She said, nice. but I'm not, but she's like, and if you can't like do my normal rate, that's fine. So I got really, it was really nice. Like I, I can do the normal rate. Problem is it's not through my health insurance, unfortunately, but 
Mm. Um, the girl at Gildas was saying it was kind of difficult to find people to go through health insurance right now. Mm. I don't know if it's weird to ask, but like roughly how much does a therapist cost? So I, th- I think I can say this probably, right? So mine is going to- people know, like really. Yeah. And I didn't really know either until then. And and actually Megan at, I'm just saying it, Megan at Gildas told me that it actually might be less expensive to go out of pocket, but then just submit my stuff through my health insurance as an out of network health and, you know, out of network person instead of going to my, because I have a deductible. So it's like, I'm going to pay it anyway. It's just, you know, adds to my deductible. But yeah, so my therapist said that for the first couple sessions, it'll be $80. And then after the eight, it'll be 120. Oh, it's not as bad as I was thinking. Yeah, that, and I, and she, she was like, you can come like, we can try to do it every week. We can try to do it every other. And I think I'd rather do every other just because mm-hmm. every be a lot. kind of a lot. Yeah. And it gives me more time to like think things through. Yeah. So no, not bad. So I guess I'll go tomorrow and see. Hopefully it goes well. Yay. I'm excited to hear about it, how it goes. Thanks. It's like, do I call you tomorrow and ask, or do I wait all the way until we do another podcast to learn so we can like discuss it? But then I'll be too curious and I'm impatient. So it probably won't work, but I can save little tidbits for the podcast. Yeah. Because I will say, sometimes I think we talk on the phone so much. We talk for three hours. Yeah. Today we talked the whole day, basically. Yeah. I'm excited to hear about that. That'll be so interesting just to like, Especially the first one, it's like, I don't even know if they know what they do in like a first appointment. I don't know either. She kind of told me that, well, I really liked what she said on the phone. She was like, think of, cause I told her I've never been to therapy. I'm a newbie. And she was like, kind of think of it as if you went to like a physical therapist, we wouldn't have breakthroughs day one. So mm-hmm. she was like, you got to go multiple times, just like a physical therapist. You know, it's like working a muscle too. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was like the first one. She said that she actually, she, she'll ask me just a lot of questions about life in general, just so she kind of gets a background of everything. And, but she says, yeah, yeah. we won't like deep dive into the yeah stuff. I don't think at least, I don't know. I don't think yeah, I'm ready that's... to deep dive into all that. And then she was really nice. Cause she, I told her, I was like, my dad passed away in November, 2020. And honestly, I hadn't been ready to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I am fully ready, but like, I'm a little bit more clear minded now. And she said that was actually really good because she's like, she's like, some people dive right into it, but they're still in this fog. And she's like, mm-hmm. you seem like you're over that fog stage and now you can kind of build a little bit more. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. It's exciting. We'll see. We'll see how it goes, but I'm excited. Yeah. I think it'll be good. I feel like everybody's a little guinea pig. Anybody out there who also is scared of therapy, Lauren will be our guinea pig. Yeah, well, I think the things I'm scared about with therapy, one, like we had said, you don't want to put that needle in the water balloon and make yourself really sad because, you know, <laughs> from our last podcast, you had made this analogy where there was a- the last one that we actually aired. Yes, this is what we yes. aired. You said there is this, you made this analogy that- <laughs> Your grief was this water balloon that kept getting and bigger and bigger. And you were nervous that the needle was going to pop and you were going to be just as sad as you were from the get-go. Oh, I do remember this now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I thought it was a really, it stuck with me. It's a good oh, thing. 
Thank you. The sad thing is I've listened to that last episode a few times and I just like must have glossed over that part or something. I don't know. I listened to it a few times too, but I think we listen to each other a lot and we don't yeah, I listen to what you're saying more, I think. And then I listen to myself with more, I don't know, like in a bad view. Like you listen to yourself and you're like, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I'm like more critical on myself than being like, oh, good point, Kendra. Yeah, definitely. Ew, why does your voice sound like that? (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, that's partly why I'm afraid. I'm also afraid of it not being the right person and me deep diving into my trauma multiple times. Mm -hmm. Like I know I don't have to really deep dive, you know, day one. Yeah. And I'm nervous of it just kind of being a cliche, like I think you could just journal about this, you know, like things that I can get off of. Or like someone repeatedly asking you, like, why? Why do you feel that way about this? Why? Like the cliche TV show. Thing. Yeah, like I want to be like guided in a in a direction, not like someone just sitting there listening to me and being like, okay, now go journal about your feelings. And then like, I'm paying them that much money for just that. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like it is a lot more. Like the amount of people that I know that go to therapy and say that it really helps them. There's like, it's no way that it's just because somebody's listening. I feel like it's because they're actually like, helping you in some way yeah I think people that it probably didn't help maybe we just went to a therapist that they didn't click with yeah I know that I know I might not get it right you know one time or like I went hiking with Gabby the girl that wrote the the journals today and she has two different therapists which I thought was really interesting like interesting like one's catered more towards grief one's more for like everything else interesting yeah. Yeah. I went hiking with her today. You see my feet. <laughs> Don't do that with your feet, you weirdo. <laughs> um, but I went one, I went hiking with her to this morning before work and I have never been more productive at work today. I was like, do I need to hike every single morning? Yeah. You should. Also may have been my latte with four espresso shots right after that when I went to a coffee shop. But I mean, dad taught us well. If three shots is the same price as four shots, I'm going to get four shots. As you should. Yeah. I would. Economically, it makes more sense. It does. You might be a little more wired, but. That's not the, that's not the worst thing ever either. Well, I got so much work done today. So much. Yeah. Every, that should be your everyday routine. Although you might have a heart attack. So maybe don't do that. But. I think I'm still a little wired on it. Well, I'm still drinking it, to be honest. And I got it at like. 10 a.m. this morning. I should have brought my coffee up from my car, but I didn't, and I'm too lazy to go get it. Oh, my other point about hiking with Gabby is I went there to because I just recently bought her self-guided journal, which we have in the in the description box. But I don't have the self-guided one. I only have like the prompt journal. She has two, and then I freaking forgotten it in her car. Oh, I know. I don't even get to try it tonight. So I know we're gonna go hiking again probably like next week or the week after. So that sucks. I know I'm stupid. My mom always told me growing that up that if my head wasn't connected to my neck, that I'd probably forget my head somewhere. She would. So would I. What's your update? Um, first of all, I'd like to say that I also wore the hat that you're wearing today. My beanie. Yeah, I wore that today as well. Your cousin's golf course or be worth it. Great hats. Um, my update is I tried a bar class. I don't know if that's an update, but it was so fun and I'm going again tomorrow and I'm going to try to make it into more of a routine. I kind of fell off my fitness journey for a while and now I'm getting back on because we have motivation because we're going to LA. You had COVID. Oh yeah. 
after COVID a little bit. Yeah, I kind of fell off the bandwagon and now I just want to look hot, hot, hot and feel hot, hot, hot in LA. Hell yeah, it's gonna be a fun trip. And I, I have noticed that it helps my mental state a lot, which I need to remember because whenever I don't work out, I'm like, uh, it's whatever, it's fine. Like, then I'm sad and I'm sad all the time, but like a different sad. Oh, it helps so much. It really helps. And like, it's just a time for you to like completely focus on yourself and not think about anything else. That's what I like to do when I'm working out and I try not to let my mind wander at all. I don't no, like it. My mind doesn't. I'm like, I'm so focused on like pushing myself and like the music I'm listening to or something that I'm like not even focused. I'm like, that's the nice thing about the bar class too. Is like, it's so go, 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 but also relaxing at the same time. But like, it gives you no time to like let yourself really take a break or let yourself just sit and think or anything, which I like. Mm-hmm. And it's nice because I like, I don't know, I'm not a big workout class person, but that one, because I'm usually like, just no, don't feel like I ever know what I'm doing. And I always feel like I'm like the loser of the crown. But that one was nice because it was like, she was just very like motivational and you didn't feel like you were like behind anybody or just like going for it for yourself. It was more like a workout for yourself. You just had people around you. Yeah. And then I said I was going to can- cancel my gym membership, but I've decided not to because of the Stairmaster TikTok workout. I've been doing that too. <laughs> so I'm bad at it but I'm gonna keep trying um a little advice for your bar class yeah don't wear your Gymshark Whitney Simmons brown leggings I wore them one time no offense Whitney Simmons but I don't wear those they're cute but I wore them to really shows every what are those called droplets of sweat you've ever sweat ever I look like I peed my pants by the end of it yes I sweat legs I don't even wear those on a normal day because I sweat between my legs on a normal day. So it's like, no matter what, I'm looking, I peed myself. And so I'm sorry, Whitney, but those are supposed to like only for when I have a day in and I'm sewing or something, I'll wear those, but no other time. Does anybody have them where they don't sweat? Because I feel like a lot of people wear them on or Instagram and stuff and they have no sweat. And I literally no. run out of my other classes. I was like, people are going to think I just peed my pants. They show everything. Yeah. I do regret buying them. No offense, Whitney. We love you, Whitney. But those ones I really regret buying. Like, I, they're so cute and I feel so cute in them, but they're just impractical because you really can't wear them anywhere. The black ones are very cute. Yes. The black ones are like, and I love the sports bras. It's mm-hmm. just those brown leggings. I'm wearing one right now. The blue. And the brown biker shorts that I got too are the same thing. I don't wear biker shorts to the gym anyway because I don't have the confidence to, but someday I will. So watch out, everybody, at my gym. Like your shorts kind of give me a camel toe at the gym, you know, when you're squatting a lot. So it kind of freaked me out. Not only camel toe, but you know how they ride up your thighs and then you're basically like, yeah, naked. Yeah. Yeah. I don't squat though, but maybe, I guess, I don't know. People are so weird with hip thrusts at the gym. I mean, at least at the one from home, I was there and like, boys there are just so weird, but not even boys, little men, like 50 year old men. I feel like they just think that like, First of all, they're either like, that's not a way to use the squat rack or like the bench press rack or else they're like, ooh, her cooch is kind of showing, but not really, but I guess I could just imagine. (laughs) That's what it felt like. I was like, I felt like this one dude, like he was, because there's like shoulder press machines right behind the squat rack and the way that I do my hip thrust, my cooch is facing those and he wasn't on the shoulder rack before, but then all of a sudden he was and like, whenever like you know how like your head's back and you're looking at the ceiling while you're hip thrusting 
but then you get back up it looked like he was like watching me and the minute my head was like back up and I saw him he was like okay I gotta look I can work it out now and I don't know if it's my imagination but also we know our home gym is so creepy it's full of creepy men so speaking of how we know we were gonna cancel our membership because it's just way too busy yesterday was yesterday I think so yeah yesterday I woke up at like five and I couldn't go back to sleep so at like six o'clock I went to the gym nobody was there there was nobody yeah I wouldn't expect anybody to be there at that time it was nice I like I got everything I got the stairmaster I got I didn't do the squat rack that day I don't have the motivation to wake up that early I was supposed to go to a workout class a bar class tomorrow at 6 a.m and as much as I would love to say that I'm going to be motivated and ready to go I don't think I will that's when your class is tomorrow at 6 a.m yeah oh good luck with that I haven't signed up for it yet. My roommate and I decided that we're going to wait till like 5.15 in the morning, both wake up and see how we feel. There's no way you're going, but I really hope you do. <laughs> I hope I do too, because I know that I'll feel good all day, but also my thing is then I'll need a midday nap, but I have no time for a midday nap. So you have to do, you have to schedule it tonight. There's no, no way to go if you schedule it. Tonight. Here's the thing. I can go tomorrow at 4.30 PM. She just can't. So then we were like, okay, because she's going on a trip this weekend and then we're going to LA. So then we're like, do we focus so much on going together or do we do some separated because we're going to have to do them separated when we're both on our trips anyway. As much as I would like to say that I'm so excited to go at 6 a.m. tomorrow, I don't see that happening. Do you want to talk about our last episode? (laughs) What we thought? So if you didn't listen to our last episode, we had put out there in like a description of it um that we were a little disappointed in ourselves when we listened back to the episode and that we were just going to talk about those points um but at the same time I'm very happy we did put it out we've received some really good feedback yeah we've received a lot of positive feedback from being real and raw raw dog in it (laughs) even though we were like oh this is so bad for our character but then everybody else was like no this is so like truthful yeah why do you think that it was truthful but it was like the bad truthful like it was like something we're not proud to be saying obviously well we're obviously everybody has bad days of grieving where they're not going to have like the most positive outlook on things and they're going to be bitter and stuff. We were just kind of bitter that episode. And I think it's probably a good thing to show that it's okay to be bitter. My one thing is I think I'm just, I don't need to hold these grudges. I think I just sounded really bitter and I didn't like the way I was acting with it. And at the end of the day, the grudges only hurt me. So I don't know why I'm holding on to them. And if I really have grudges, I can decide, like I said in the last podcast, who I put my effort into and who I don't but I don't need to hold yeah. grudges per se yeah. I just don't need it's to just like time into other people yeah and if they if they fall out of your life they fall out of life and your time with them is just kind of like meant to be over yeah grudges are dumb I realized that listening to that too is like I think I was just expecting way too much out of people and at the end of the day I don't think even if those people would have given me what I thought I wanted I don't think I would have felt any better like I think I was turning my anger and sadness into the people closest to me I feel like mm-hmm. and being like you should have done more but in reality I would have been just as sad anyway and angry at something else mm-hmm. it doesn't use people for you know making us sad but I'm just hold, not holding those grudges anymore 
Makes oh sense. yeah. Not- People didn't make me sad. I think I was just expecting my friends to be there for me in a different way than they probably can be. Yeah. Because they haven't gone through it. So like, why would I, I don't, I shouldn't be expecting them to like know how to be there for me. Mm-hmm. And also I was like, I don't talk to anybody about it anyway. So why do I think that I would like talk to my friends about it? If they asked about it. I probably wouldn't. I probably, they probably have tried to talk to me about it and I've just shut them down. Like I shut everybody else down. Yeah. Everybody else like, down. Did it shut everybody else down? <laughs> Is that what you said? Did you say you shut everybody else down? I said I shut them down. Like oh. I shut everybody else down. You stupid, you dumb, little dummy. I want to slit your throat right now. Do it, please. Okay. That was maybe <laughs> the interruption. Um, but I'm going to continue. Okay, you continue. Basically, I said this because we made this podcast a while, actually a couple of weeks, a couple of days ago. Um, it didn't go very well, but there's some points I made that I like to make again. You can make it. We can tell why I didn't do it, but we just want to go into detail. Oh, we don't have to say that. Oh, okay. I was under the influence. <laughs> <laughs> and not with alcohol. Not with alcohol. And- but also, I will say, we both got kind of litty. And then it turned into more of, like, us just hanging out, which we hang out on the podcast, but it, like I think we were so lost to what we were saying. Like Lauren said she just couldn't even edit the podcast because we were all over the place. All over the place. All we over the 4 a.m. talking. And we started at like what 11? Yeah, Kendra admitted that she would let no. If Ian Summerholder, yeah. Damon from Vampire Diaries, if yeah. he hey baby, my kink is for you to shit on my chest. That's she said right. she would do it. No money. Pull my no. pants down right now, baby. <laughs> Gross. Get that chest open for me. <laughs> Just oh. kidding. You're not kidding. I mean, I wouldn't say it like that. I'd be like, okay, like, are you sure? I'd be like, I just want you to know I have stomach issues. <laughs> he says, the more you feel about that. The more IBS, the better. I would try it for him. It's Ian. Like, how could you say no to him? He's amazing he's the dream man like i said in that episode the the lost episode we'll call it like i said he's probably the only man i do that for the only person in the world i do that for because post malone is my absolute dream dream person to ever be with but i do think post malone and i could be soulmates for life with a relationship you know we would date we'd fall in love we get married we have beautiful little babies all named bear claw Nobody steal that name. If anybody steals that name, I promise I'll murder you and the child. You already stole it from New Girl. Yeah, but I want that for my baby. I don't want anyone we know to have a baby named Bearclaw before I do. Okay. I don't want a baby at all, but I do not want I do not want to know a baby named Bearclaw unless it's mine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Um, what they say? <laughs> yeah, we are meant to be together. Me and Post Malone. But me and Ian, more specifically Damon Salvatore, because that's really who I have the crush on. No offense, Ian. I'm sure you're great. I just don't know much about you. But I do know everything about Damon Salvatore as I've watched the show 10 times. Plus, probably. I don't really know how many, but a lot. Yeah. So I would know him, and I would most likely assume that him and I would just be a one-night stand, maybe a few night stands. Therefore, my time with him was very limited, and so I have to make it count, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, if I only, if that was my only way I was going to have sex with him, of course, I would shit on his chest. And oh, yeah. <laughs> anybody else out there, I don't know how you could not agree with me. 
Um, I would not let him shit in my, or I would not want to shit on his chest. I have a question for you. Yeah. If I got knocked up tomorrow and name my kid Bearclaw, would you ever talk to me again? No, I'd probably cut it out of you. Oh my God. Just kidding. Take that out. Yet. <laughs> Take that out. That's like probably so bad to say. It was a joke, but I realized that that's actually so bad. It's funny. It's funny. Um, but no, I would not talk to you ever again. I'd be so pissed at you. Because you know how attached I am to that name. Yeah, I know. She's like, already buys bear outfits. Yeah, I don't, even, I don't even want a baby. Baby's like my worst nightmare. But I'm prepared if it happens. <laughs> Gosh. Um, <laughs> let's go back to our past episode. Oh, yeah. What was I saying? I was saying that I expected too much out of friends. I don't remember. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. Um, Back to the Vampire Diaries. Is, that was my point that I enjoyed that I made. Back to the Vampire Diaries. In that show, they just, you know, people are losing people left and right. And they're always, there's always some sort of grief happening in that show. If you really pay attention, it's kind of a big center of the show, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And they really show the raw and real emotions, especially later seasons. Like, I feel like they go a lot, like in the first couple of seasons, they kind of like, you know, they go over it, but it's kind of glossed over as, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But in later seasons, they really show the raw emotions of it. And the whole time they show how like the friends are there for each other and, you know, constantly asking if they're okay and constantly trying to do things to help. So then I think in my mind, I was like, oh, that's what real friends are supposed to do. When in reality, that's a show. This is reality. And a lot of the things in that show are not realistic. And everybody is going through their own stuff. So yeah, Yeah, I can't say everybody to drop everything just for me. Yeah. And that's why I really realized with all the feedback we've gotten this week is a lot of people have been affected by grief that I didn't even know about. Yeah. You know, some people shared with us, like how people treated them or, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'll just bring up our aunt stuff. Like I really liked her point because I felt bad kept being, when we kept saying last week, you know, like, but we just kind of said, don't compare, you know, we're like, you lost your parents like way later in life. Don't compare it to us as well. The same as we wouldn't compare it to you. But she had texted us because she had lost both of her parents in the last 10 years, I think, both of them, but at an older age. And she said that she kept getting asked for like, oh, well, how old were your parents? And she just hated that because it just, again, it like dismisses, yes. it dismisses how you feel. Anything that dismisses somebody's grief or emotions in general, like just never dismiss somebody's emotions. It's just yeah uh, incredibly hurtful and you might think it's like you might not think much of it you might just go on with the day and end that conversation and just go on with the rest of your day thinking that you did a fine job with that person but like that person goes on the rest of their day and longer thinking about your comment and being like am I being dramatic am I like mm-hmm. so I like I remember getting comments dismissing the grief and I was like am I being dramatic or myself centered or am I self being selfish right now yeah. or like am I self-comfortable times about myself so yeah anyway so Steph was just like you know what yeah they did have beautiful lives but that doesn't mean I can't grieve that doesn't mean I'm not feeling the loss like immensely you know lost no matter what no matter how soon or how late like yeah when you lose and you're gonna feel especially like if you loved them as much as you know like she loved her parents as much as we love dad Mm -hmm. you're gonna feel it forever no matter how much time you had with them yeah so I just can't see situations and you know yeah know how you grieve but let's you know you can't compare anybody's grief because everybody felt it differently so we were just nervous about that episode out because we didn't really like how we were 
we just didn't think it was an accurate rep- representation of us on our good days. It is kind yeah. of on our bad days. It is on our bad days. Like we will drive around the two of us and rant about stuff like that. And like everybody yeah. has days where they rant about something, whether they've lost to me or not. Yeah. Everybody gets a little ranty. I get ranty pretty often, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But it's not something I want, you know, like a lot of people to see. It's something I usually like to keep just between you and me. Yeah. Maybe mom. I don't know. Also, I do think it's not a bad thing to show because like I said before, it's like, I don't want people to feel guilty for being bitter or guilty for being like mad at certain things because it, I think it is part of the process of losing somebody. It's part of the process of grieving. You put your anger elsewhere and your sadness elsewhere to kind of get you, try to get your mind off of it. Even if it's related, it's like me thinking about, you know, what people have said and stuff makes me think about dad and losing him less I feel like I like turn that part of my grief into something else which is not healthy but I think it's part of it happens I'm definitely not mad about putting that episode out because I was nervous I didn't really like how it was portrayed but it was a very healing process at least for me because I realized that I can I can do there's something that can do in a healthier way to better you know like I don't I felt very like immature listening back on it like I felt like it reminded me of what we were like when we first lost dad mm-hmm. you know it kind of felt like we hadn't it felt to me like I hadn't done any growing or healing which I know I really haven't but I know I'm like I just don't think I should be in that stage where I'm like angry at everybody anymore and I just don't see the point in being angry at everybody I think it's a waste of like our time and our energy yeah we're trying to better ourselves now but it's also totally okay to be mad and oh yeah so I don't know we're just it was a healing process. I'm cool with it because it was a really raw conversation and I learned a lot from it. And I will say you guys are probably going to get more. For sure. We're just trying. Yeah, there's still like, things that like, we're mad about. And like there's things that will hit us off on certain days where if someone might make a comment at us that will set us off. Definitely. So it's not, like, not going to happen again. It's just like, you know, hopefully that's not the majority of all of it. Mm-hmm. And it won't be. It won't be the majority of all of it. Our goal is to have a good outlook on life still even after everything we've been through speaking of that should we segue into the topic we wanted to touch today yes i can start it off by saying tomorrow i'm putting in my two weeks notice are you really doing it i am doing it i literally have the email drafted for like a week not really but like about a week and i've been thinking about it way longer than a week and yes i'm quitting tomorrow today put me over the edge at work no offense to the job great job great people but not for me anymore we'll see how that goes I can give you guys an update next week if I get a big old angry email back or what happens hopefully not but if you couldn't tell we want to touch on commitment after grief <laughs> yeah I even before just commitment issues in general really well commitment's hard whether in jobs, relationships, we're living situations, whatever, you know, I have a hard time committing to a place to live. Yeah. That's my commitment issue. I can't commit to anything really. I have hardcore commitment issues. I'm not gonna lie, it was before grief too, but I definitely think it's gotten way worse since losing dad. And but I think everybody has some form of commitment issues. It's just like they put it in different places, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Like some people, yeah, can't commit to a place to live. Some people can't commit to a job. Some people can't live, commit to a relationship. Mm-hmm. Some people can't commit can't commit to a certain style. You know, I can't commit to anything. 
I'm all, all the above. I think the hard part of it is you have this idea of what happiness looks like. I know that's always going to change, but seeing how young dad passed away, part of it's like, well, if I'm not happy, I'm not going to stay in this situation. Yeah. Whether it's my job, whatever. It's just, and I I know people are like, push through, push through it. And you're like, but like, what's the goal? Like, what's the end goal? Like, especially if you're not happy in your job, like job is really something that I don't understand because if you're not happy in your job and they're telling you to push through it, then the only reason you're pushing through it is for money that you can probably get somewhere else. Because you're pushing through that job. Maybe you're looking for a promotion, but are you really going to be happy with a promotion within that same company? Because you don't like your job, at least for me, whenever I've not liked my, well, I don't know. Never not like my job. I mean, I, I guess I like the companies, but it's not a company that I see myself wanting to go farther in. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't quit, I guess. But like, I don't understand why you'd stay in a job that you're not happy with because, yeah, like you said, it's just and st- jobs are a lot of stress. So it's like, why would you put that stress on yourself for a job that you're not even happy with? Because it's just, it's kind of a waste of time. Like, yeah, you get money. You can, there's so many jobs out in the world. You can get money elsewhere. Definitely. And it, yeah. day, is money really going to be the reason that you're living for things because I mean we kind of learned that that's just not a good way to go about life like no you need it and I do think there is a money to happiness ratio which my mom might have gotten multiple fights about this because she truly believes that money doesn't believe or doesn't equate to happiness which is false mom (laughs) I'm just kidding I just think to a certain point do kind of need money to be happy because you need money to be able to get the things that make you comfortable in life, which allow you to be happy. Otherwise you're just stressed. And like, we are happiest selves when we're traveling. Yes. Need money for money for, but we're yeah. working that out. We, we decided end of this year into 2023 is going to be more of our traveling. Year. Yeah. Well, you guys alone. Um, what was I saying before that? Oh yeah. That's why I quit my other, my old job though, because one, I was super stressed out. They didn't deal with my, with dad stuff well at all and then I just thought I was like do I want my boss's job fuck no like I would hate that job and so what am I working towards at this company if I don't want the person above me's job or anybody else's in any other department no that's I don't get it like if you're working for a company that like you don't even like your position and you can't even envision yourself in another position enjoying yourself then why are you doing it yeah I said, I just, I honestly love my current job. And mainly it's because they give me so much free reign. I have a little bit more creative control and it's so stress-free. Like just the way I think my boss manages it. She has like full trust in me and it's so stress-free. And I don't even, I don't even think about applying to other jobs right now because I just, you can't take, I don't know what kind of money it would make me to leave this current position because it's so stress-free and it really does allow me to put a lot of my effort into our things mm-hmm. like this podcast, our four months where we're, we're, we have this other grief project that we're working on. Before dad, I was very, very, very career driven. I was like, I'm gonna be the top of the music industry and all this shit. But what I realized after dad, well, I kind of result, realized a little bit before that, but it really hit me after dad. And I was like, why? Why am I putting my effort into this? Like, what is it making me happy? No, I'm stressed the fuck out. I realize, and maybe people, other people understand this when they live in a city that revolves so much around a current or a certain industry, like Nashville really, really revolves in the music, music industry. It's like all my friends are in it, you know, like you meeting people out, you're always in it. 
And so I realized that I was working my way up to solely get satisfaction from others. Mm-hmm. And did I really love the work I was doing? Sometimes, like I, I licensed music to film and TV. And so when I would see something that I worked on on TV, it was really cool. And that was a rewarding aspect. But then I thought about how much stress went to everything. And I was like, mm. mm-hmm. was that outcome worth it? Probably not. And it sadly, it was a, like a lot of it was satisfaction from others. And also a lot of it was the pressure of staying in an industry that I went to school for. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, why, why did I get a degree in music business if I'm not even going to work in it? And I'm still working in it, but like in the fitness field. So it feels a little bit away from it. But after dad, I think I'm less career driven. I mean, we're very, very career driven. Well, like in our, our own business. In our own stuff. It's like, my, I'm really focused on our passion projects. And of course, I'll still have this nine to five job to get me through, but I would love it if our passion projects like took off. Because like I said in the last episode that I do really think like my life purpose now is really spreading awareness for pain can and for grief and Mm -hmm. just helping others through it. You know, I one is just for you personally. I think a really good episode, I think you should write in your notes. Well, it could be kind of a good episode. I don't know if it'd be a really good episode. But one episode I think would be kind of good because we've talked about it a lot, just us two, is like living with the expectations of others more than like ourselves and how that changed when we lost dad, how we more focused on what we wanted instead of like thinking what other people wanted us to be doing. And now onto my real point is I think that a lot of my career commitment issues come from me, us, like mostly just the fact that we have so many projects that we want to work on so many businesses that we want to build within our life it's like I really do see us being business partners like successfully in the future hopefully Mm -hmm. or at least that's my dream so I think it's hard for me to like put up with a job that I'm not I don't feel happy and I don't feel like I'm being valued in when it's like I could be spending that time on something that's gonna you know help us with our own future Mm -hmm. like I spent I just had I've had a lot of jobs where it's like I just feel like don't feel valued in, and I feel taken advantage of by my employers, which I will say I think is a huge thing after COVID. I think so many employers take advantage of their yes. employees, especially like any employees, but I've only really been part-time. Well, I guess I've been full-time too. I just feel like employers, for some reason, the minute they get an employee with co- after COVID, it's like they just think they can yeah. have them do anything and not really even like value them in any way because people are just so desperate for jobs right now, I think. And they're desperate for employees. And I don't really know why that works, but it's like, I don't know. I've had very toxic employers since mm-hmm. COVID, I've noticed. I agree on that. Because I, not my current job, my current job's great, but past jobs, yes. Like the past job I felt that I had during COVID, they kind of use COVID as like a manipulation tactic. I felt mm-hmm. like, yeah. Where it was like, you're really lucky to have this job. Like, yeah, yeah. All, I don't know. It would, they, it was very weird, but at the same time, like a lot of benefits went away during COVID. So it was like, uh, and then mm-hmm. previous job before that it is, they, I do think employers kind of take advantage of you. It's like, there'll be like, I remember one job, my first job out of college, they will be like, oh, you're doing such a good job. Um, we can't really pay you more, but we can give you more responsibilities. And then, well, you know, me being out of college, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'll work my way up. And now, now I know yeah. I'm like, fuck no. That's another thing. I do think it's an age group thing too. I think I'm in the age group where it's like, I'm technically in the age group of people coming right out of college where I'm desperate for jobs and desperate for work experience. Mm-hmm. And I think employers see that 
and they will give me yeah more responsibilities more hours which I guess ups my pay but it doesn't really up my pay like they, in my opinion it's that it should be like a I should be getting paid more you know like hourly I should be getting paid more by the hour if that makes sense I don't know how to say that well like if I'm showing to you that I'm a good employee and if you're giving me more responsibilities then I think my pay should be upped mm-hmm. and it should be more I'm willing to do all these more responsibilities. It now shouldn't be, oh, because I'm a great worker. There's now more expectations to it. Yes. Because yeah. there was one time at my, what that job, it was like two people quit and they were like, okay, well, Lauren, you're like really handling your stuff. Well, so we're going to hand you these two jobs as well. And now I know I'd be like, okay, am I getting triple the salary? I've had a job where I was fixing all this. I've, I was fixing this, my coworkers mistakes. Mm-hmm. And my coworker was getting paid just as much me. And I think more than me, but I was coming into work after him and make and fixing all of his mistakes. And my employers knew this and talked about how I was fixing him his mistakes and didn't, first of all, w- wanted him on full-time rather than me, because I don't know why they, for some reason, thought he was a good employee, even though they knew I, how I was fixing his mistakes. Yeah, he was a kiss ass. And unfortunately, like, you're well, not. I mean, I know you need to sell yourself, but I always, I'm not good at being like a kiss ass either. And I do um, yeah. kiss people's asses, get higher up for some reason. Even I'm like, I refuse to do that. I'm sorry. I don't care how great of a boss you are. Even especially now, like I've had great bosses in the past. So I, I won't kiss their ass, but I'll be like thankful for them. Like clearly like thankful for them. But if I don't, I just don't, I would never want that. Like if I was a boss to somebody, I would never want someone to kiss my ass. Yeah. I just feel like it comes off very like hierarchy kind of thing that's like if I had a workplace I'd want it to be very equal or even like my employees felt like they could talk to you about anything you know yeah and that job I don't know I just like the fact that I don't know it's just he was getting paid just as much as me and getting offered more hours than me even though I was fixing his mistakes that he left work with you know yeah it's just like I don't know not, it's once again just not being valued and I just I don't I refuse to stick in a job anymore where I'm not being valued and where I'm like, feel like I'm just wasting my time. And do you, some people might think that's a commitment thing, but I feel like it's more, you learned your boundaries afterward. You understand yeah. what you want your life to be. And if-, if it's not fitting into my mold, then I don't want it. Yeah. Well, I do have a vision for my life and I have a vision for what I want. And I do see stepping stones of how I'm going to get there. Mm-hmm. So if it's not really in one of those stepping stones, and it's not even giving me happiness either, then why would I stick with it? Yeah. my mind that's how I see everything in life I think that's why I have commitment issues quote unquote I do think after dad I have much more of a backbone I have oh. a backbone with people that piss me off I have a backbone with uh employers like I'll state my opinions on things like I what used to not be that assertive and I'm much not like crazy assertive but I also know my boundaries and yeah. uh I know what I bring to the table and so I have much more of a backbone I just kind of don't take people's shit anymore I try to so yeah. I'll do that's my thing if I, if I know I'm putting 110 percent into a job which I I don't know we were kind of raised to I really try to and I'm still being undervalued and I don't I don't need to be like told that I'm doing a good job I just need to be I mean if I I'm sorry if I fix somebody's mistakes yeah I don't want that person to be more valued than me because it's like I'm doing my work and half of their work you know, and just things like that, things where I don't feel like I'm even being recognized for my work, not even valued. I don't need to be like, well, valued, but like not in like a good job, Kendra, you're doing a great job. I'm really happy to have you. I just need to be like recognized that I am doing my work 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be talked about, but don't be like, I don't know. I feel like in the, a lot of jobs I've had in the in recent past, it's been like, I felt like they made me feel like I wasn't even doing enough, but I was doing all my work and more. Yeah. You know, but it was always like, I could be doing more, but then also it's like, I'm not getting paid more. So then I also don't have the time to do more than I'm already doing. I'm already taking on all that I can take on that I was like told to take on, you know, I don't know how to say without sounding me. I don't want to sound like lazy. I'm not being lazy. It's just like putting the work in, but not, I don't know how to say it really. No, that's why I quit my last job because I called her and I, well, I, you know, asked for a raise, which I already, that's one thing I already have wrong with a lot of corporate companies is I just don't think employees should get to the point where they have to ask for the raise. Like I really wish managers and bosses would really appreciate their employees and realize like if they kept giving them raises and like, I know these companies have them. I'm not saying for like these really small businesses that are really hard to, but like, I just wish that they would have more initiative because I don't think they realize that if, if they were the one to give benefits or more benefits or more pay that that employee would probably stick around because they would feel more valued because yeah. you don't feel valued by a good job. You know, it, it is a transactional thing. But yeah, so I call my boss. That's just a different thing too. It's like, if you're putting more time into the job than you were putting in when you were first salaried, Mm -hmm. you should be getting more money. Yeah. Yeah. I called my boss and I, you know, said I would like a raise and I explained why. And she literally comes back and she's like, well, I just think you could have more initiative. And I was like, what? Because I literally like during COVID, like started COVID two people left our company and I was taking on three people's jobs with no extra pay. And I kept getting it being like, it's just a hard time right now. Like we're in a pandemic and it's a lot of moving parts. And then like they kept acquiring more companies. So I knew they had money because they were kept acquiring more companies. And then I just kept getting more and more work. And it was just like, and I literally told her, I was like, I took on three people's job during COVID three people's jobs. You're saying I don't have initiative. Like what else do you want me to do? Yeah. Again, I'm not your like kiss ass person. That's going to like speak up all the time. I just get my shit. Also, I just like, that's why I feel like, especially corporate world, I mean, I don't know much about it, from, but just, I mean, I didn't work corporate, but I worked a job that I would say is like a similar hierarchy, I guess, to corporate. I just think it's kind of messed up that like you have, yeah, like fight for, you have to fight for your own, your money, you have to fight for your salary to equal your work. I mean, you also have to like, it doesn't really, corporate world doesn't really accept the different types of personalities like it really not at all looks for like that suck up follow the leader little like lamb kind of person I feel like that's who it looks for us as employees when in reality we're not all like that like you know like we have our own passions outside of this these jobs mm-hmm. so as much as we're putting into these jobs we're also putting that much and probably more into our own companies definitely and, like I, I'm a quiet person you're not we're both not very assertive people so we shouldn't have and like we shouldn't have to speak up at a job to be recognized as long as we're doing our work I wasn't working at a job where I had to talk but I feel like I was undervalued because I was quiet but all I did was like sort papers and do paperwork all day so like why would I have to talk anyway mm-hmm. but I felt like I was still undervalued and like kind of what's the word like not like what's like de- demean demeaning dem- mm, I don't know what word you're talking about I don't know but like just thought less of because I was quiet yeah no, and that's what I get annoyed about too. I'm not quiet, but I'm not, like we said, I'm not super assertive, mm-hmm. especially over Zoom calls. Zoom calls are so much worse to be assertive yeah. over because you're like, nobody wants to speak. Like, you know, when you're in an office, you can tell by somebody's body language if they're ready to speak. 
Yeah. Zoom calls are so difficult to speak up in, especially if the person leading the Zoom call doesn't create that space for everybody to speak, you know? And I don't think a lot of managers are trained in, like you said, different personalities where actually a lot of people that have the great ideas are the ones that listen constantly and aren't always putting their thoughts out there. It's like, it's just, it should be a balance of personalities. I don't know. I just, I feel like it's like the movies. You see those corporate people in the movies, like those hard workers in the movies are all the, always the one saying their opinions. And it's like a hard worker doesn't necessarily have to say their opinions if they're not the like company leader as an employee, I don't really need to say my opinions all the time unless it's like something I have an idea about that I feel passionate about, maybe. Yeah. Like in movies, even it's like it's portrayed as the hardest worker is always the one who has like a idea and they want to tell their boss about and blah blah blah. Yeah. That's not I just don't know why that's the way like it feels like it's run. Not my vibe. You're like And I've got a lot of judgment on the amount of because I've hopped jobs quite a bit since losing dad. Mm-hmm like committed to school and stuff it's your part-time job like it's not your career like, yeah. no I had a full I had a full-time job when we lost dad but it was always a full-time job that was like temporary it was never supposed to be a full like it was never supposed to be like a long time thing it was more of like a seasonal full-time job because I was out of school well I had a full-time job before that too but like that was a whole other story and you yeah. were at school because of COVID COVID I was out of school because of COVID I worked my dream job which ended up not being my dream job. It was the most stressful, traumatizing job I've ever had. Loved it, but hated it. It was just the company I worked for. They were absolutely horrible. They are the devils, if I'm being honest. They they were scamming their customers. Yeah. You didn't feel good working there. Oh, not not that. Oh, I thought it was the bridal one. No. Oh, oh. I mean, you could still say they were scamming their customers. They were, but like, yeah. So I was working there. Thought that was my dream job. That's what I wanted to do. I was taking a break from school because of COVID to do my dream job in the field that I was going to school for. I was going to school for psychology at the time. Then the job, my man or my company took advantage of all the employers and their customers. I mean, it was absolutely horrible. And didn't tell their employees when a COVID outbreak happened. Oh yeah. It's yeah. So horrible. They probably should have got sued for that. Somehow they didn't because who the heck knows they can like, they've literally cheated so many laws at that place. I don't know how they cheated it, but it was horrible. I loved that job itself, but I've looked into jobs like it and every single place that I can see seems to be pretty similar on how it is. So it's not something I'm passionate about going into anymore. But while I was having that job, I was so stressed out and not doing well. And then dad pretty much had me quit. He was like, you're not doing that job anymore. That They're taking advantage of you. It's like not a good situation. So you need to get out of there. So he helped me get a job that was full-time. And that's the job that I was working when he passed away. And then I stuck with that job for a long time, but then it just kind of got to be off season. And I was back in school at that time. So it was kind of just too much to handle, like a mm-hmm. trying to keep a somewhat full-time job and school. I think with that job, you wanted to quit earlier, but you felt. Oh, I did. A little guilty because that's the job that dad got you. Yeah. It was not my, my place, which I get. He just got me as something to do. It was a seasonal position, but I do think they kept me on longer than seasonal because I lost dad while having that job. I mean, you had that job for one week and then dad passed away or dad stuff happened or what was it? No, I had it two days. And then dad Dad was, dad was in the hospital the weekend before. And then uh, my second day of training was when we found out it was stage four. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you were buried yeah. at the job when yeah. and I cried my second day of training in the building. I had to run out of the building crying. It was so embarrassing because his name was on one of the forms. I was like, then I just got traumatized. And then, yeah, the day after that night, I emailed my boss and was like, hey, this is what's up. And then literally the next Monday, he passed away. So it was like all like really fast and all at once. So then I, I stuck with that job. But yeah, it was like, it was, it wasn't, even, it wasn't a bad job. It was just very like reminded me of, the whole week of losing him. So it was like a very triggering job for me, I think. Well, even after dad passed, you kept getting some forms. Yeah. Dad was working. I mean, as we said, he got stage, he got his diagnosis literally a week before he passed away. So he was working basically up until he got his diagnosis. And this company worked with him. So yeah. like the forms coming in were from him. Yeah. A lot of them, or like his business partner and stuff like that. So it was just a lot to handle. And also I was in this it was like my introduction into the world that dad worked in seeing if it was, seeing if it was something that I would be interested because in. I think that dad was kind of thinking like if she doesn't want to go into psychology you know this isn't a bad business to be in like maybe it's a good introductory to get her into it to see if she likes it both of us thought after dad passed we even were like do we go into that I was being surrounded by his lifestyle like his work Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, and like the, my boss was like his friend, and people would come in that knew him, or people would come in that I've I've heard of their names before. Mm-hmm. It was just like every single day, and like I don't know, it was just a lot. Every single day, it was kind of just like a what's gonna trigger me today, you know, kind of thing. And also, I was just it was just too soon, I think, mm-hmm. to go back into something that reminded me of him. But then I got like, let's count how many other jobs I've had since then. Bridal. Yeah, but the bridal was the one that was scamming their customers and literally your paycheck bounced. So that's why you were like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not paying. I love the job. Like I absolutely love the job so, so, so much. I would stay in that job forever if I could, but without my boss, because she was absolutely insane. I did not know how to run a business. Yeah. I'm not saying the place, obviously I'm going to get sued. Wait, you would have signed NDA. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That shit was crazy. Yeah. So I said it and I heard it from the news. So oh, yeah, you heard it from the news. That's so fine. <laughs> but yeah, so I had that one, but I did love that job and I would have stayed there if it wasn't for my crazy boss. Then what did I have? Bridal. One in between that. I thought you just went from the bridal to where you are now. No. And you still worked at work or be or like your high school job sometimes. But oh, yeah, I still work my high school job. Like, yeah, it's at a mall and I, I hate the mall. So I don't work there like that all the time, but I work there for like flea markets and stuff. Before COVID, they had another location, but then they had to close down. And yeah, you still love the boss, but Mall of America, man, that is a lot to deal with. No, what else did I do? I've had like four jobs. I don't know. Title company, bridal, and this. I don't think you've. I mean, you you started training at to be a host at a restaurant. I started at a restaurant, but it was like, yeah, that wasn't going to happen. But I feel like something else happened. I don't, that's not that many. The amount of flack that I've gotten for the jobs I've quit. That's what I'm is, saying. It's, it's not that bad, especially with your, when you're in school and you're part-time, it's not bad. And all my employers have been kind of crazy. Yes. They, not all of them. The one. When you talk about it like this, you're like, oh, it's justifiable. It makes sense. Uh, because I'm not kidding. I've gotten so much flack about me quitting jobs and like, it makes me feel like I'm just like a bum and a loser and I can't commit to anything. You're but, in like, school. Yeah, I'm in school, which also can't commit to a school, though, either, we'll say, but whatever. I should not be getting as much flack as I've gotten. That's only three jobs, and one of them I barely did because it was literally just in a bad location for me. It didn't make sense for me to work there. 
Well, they didn't pay for your parking and it was like middle of downtown Minneapolis. Yeah. It was like so my parking was more than my hourly pay. I was literally having to pay to work. Yes. So that didn't or you sense. had to walk a mile away in every yeah, night in Minneapolis by yourself. Like that's not gonna happen either. Yeah. yeah. So it just wasn't a smart job for me to have. But like I don't know. All I've left all of these jobs for good reasons. This job is probably the least reasonable reason I'm leaving, but I'm still leaving. I'm sorry. So I don't know what people are saying. Everybody can back off. This job was good to you. It's just they weren't upfront with their scheduling. From like, oh, yeah. they said you, you know you. I, I switched positions with, within the company, and it just like wasn't. I was. I think I was just switched so quickly that it wasn't clear to me what my job actually was. Yeah. And so it's been like what, two months, and I feel like I'm still learning my position, and it's just really stressful. And they put a lot of well, stress on you. It's a big commitment of a job I think and I'm just like not in a place right now where I can commit that much to a job yeah and that makes sense we got our own shit to work on yeah but yeah I can't commit to anything in any aspect of my life but I also like I said I've always had commitment issues but at the same time I really didn't I don't know when they started I think it might be after dad but I also don't really remember I don't know like relationship wise school wise I don't think you have everything that's what it's annoying like and even now I kind of regret the degree I went into for school. And then I felt yeah. like I had to stay into it. But no, I mean, most 18-year-olds don't know what they want to do in life. No, it is a lot. Like I, It is like a thing at 18. You feel like you have your whole life figured out. And then you get to where you think you have your life figured out. And it's just like not at all what you wanted. Like I, you know, I thought I had my life figured out. And I did my dream job. And it was not what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. So it kind of switched my whole mindset around. And at 18, you kind of see the glamorous side of things or, or like, you know, you were in psychology for like helping people out or whatever, but you know, helping others, but you don't, at that age, you don't see the shitty sides of every industry. And I wish people were more upfront. Yeah. And I do think a huge thing is taking a job in it. Like, I just think that's why I'm like, it's college. I was like, I don't think, I think it's almost smarter. I wish I would have done like maybe all my generals. And then taking a few jobs in different fields that I was interested in mm-hmm. and then figured out what I wanted to major in. Because if I would have, I mean, I'm grateful for studying some of the psychology I've studied, but like at the same time, I would have had that job earlier before I had like committed to psychology. I would have known that that's not what I wanted to put my degree into. Yeah. You know, and then I could have put like, it in fashion if I've already had, if I had already had the chance to have a job within that field. Definitely. Or like even universities, like offer internships semester one that you're yeah. there with some companies just it's so always like your internship should be junior year junior and senior year yeah but that's kind of late to figure out what like what if you yeah, like what if you had your internship and you realize oh this is not what I want yeah and like yes you could still want something in the field but then you're still kind of on like you know first base whatever you'd want to call it as being like well what do I want to do mm-hmm. it's always a what do I want to do but that's the thing is I know what I want to do yeah now just well, I've always, we've known for a while what we want to do. Yeah, we just have more of a clear vision now. It's just a, like, how are we going to get there? And then our, you know, being self-employed and owning your own businesses and doing what we're trying to do is such a, not like society general way of doing things, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of looked down upon as us being like, oh, lazy or big dreamers or, you know, not realistic when it's reality, it's like, we're still committing to something. We're just committing to our own personal dreams that we can hopefully see happening, you know? And it's very difficult because dad was our number one supporter of that. He was yeah. so into our passions and it is difficult losing that, that yeah. person because dad was, he was 
had how much it is entrepreneurial spirit yes and so I think when he and he saw how much passion we had for things mm-hmm. that he was like yeah go for it take because he was a he was a very big risk taker and it worked out for him in his life yeah and Which I think is also us you know part of our losing commitment or having commitment issues mm-hmm. I put quotes on that because I don't think commitment issues are a real thing yeah that was just our, our leeway into things because now we're it's a much different conversation but yes you I think it's you going for what you want and you picking and choosing what's going to help you get there that's what I would say like my commitment issues stem from that because I know what I want and I'm not going to waste my time on something that I don't see benefiting me either happiness wise or career wise, mm-hmm. you know, but wait, well, where was I going with that? Oh yeah. His risk thing. So when, when dad passed, I think at least me, I didn't know about all the risks he had taken. Even like when he started his own company, I didn't realize how risky that was for him. I just kind of in my mind was always like, oh, it just happened and it worked out for him. Me too. Early, you know, he put so much work into that and it was a huge risk for my mom and him mm-hmm. to do because obviously it, you know, financially it can really affect you. So with him working out for him and us learning about that after him, after losing him, for me, it was like, okay, so like this really could work for us. It's going to be a risk, but then it's like, makes me want to be riskier because it makes me want to be more like him because I've always admired his work ethic and like what he made out of his life. Like he didn't grow up super well off and he didn't grow up with many opportunities in life. But like yes. he made those opportunities for himself. So it made me want to do that too. Once I learned that that's what he had done, if that yes. makes sense. I agree. And if there's anybody out there listening who after grief, you became more stable, we would love to hear like you shoot us an email because yeah. maybe like we're different that it, I don't like stability right now. Like yeah. I am all like risk taking right now. And I'm just trying to figure out what's going to make me happy. But maybe some people making them happy is stability. Oh yeah. I think it's definitely a personal thing because even like our mom is very different from us a bit. Like she, you know, does like, we like to move around. We don't see ourselves living in one place for too long. We don't, you know, we have our companies that we're committed to, but our companies that we want to build allow us to travel and live where we want to live. And, you know, even make little side companies that are our other passions that we grow along the way. But like our mom is just very like into her one, like her job. And like, she puts everything she has into that job. And then she's like, likes where she lives doesn't have like the like I feel like I always have the urge to like change something in my life me too and she doesn't and like I find it really admirable because I do kind of wish I was like that sometimes because sometimes I feel like I'm just kind of like antsy yeah and, like I feel like I'm kind of like what would it I feel like I'm, I feel ungrateful sometimes but like it's not an ungratefulness it's just like I just I like constant change you know mm-hmm. but I think like instability like obviously it's like there's just two different things and like I think both of them are good in their own little ways. I do too. Not sure. Both of us, well, you were already planning to go over to California, but I had told you one day that I was just like, I'm just feeling down about everything. And I just noticed that when we schedule a trip, because then I decided to come to California with you for a couple of days. Yeah. My mindset and everything is so much better. Yeah so much happier right now knowing that we have something to look forward to in a couple of weeks something like I like I don't know I like stability at times like I like I love routines and I'm a very routine person but like being different places or like having I don't know how to I just like something to look for something different that like I'm still in my routine with something that can bring me out of my routine slightly or like change it a little bit like a new perspective like I feel like when we had our road trip in June that two-week road trip we just got so much 
perspective on life. Yeah. Kind of started figuring out where we wanted to go. Yeah. That's like when we came up with a lot of stuff, the podcast, as we kind of figured out, we wanted to do a podcast and Mm -hmm. we wanted to go like way harder on our company and four months in a row. And like, we're really, really, you know, put all of our effort into it that we can this year. Yeah. Yeah. We just get, and then it's like new ideas come out of it. And Mm -hmm. so it's very inspirational. I feel like that's like a creative, I think with a creative mindset, I feel like sometimes when you're in the same place and doing the same things, mm-hmm. it's hard to find like inspiration and like things to be creative about because it's just like constantly the same things around you. But when you like go out and about, I feel like more inspired by things. Mm-hmm. And you meet new people that can also be inspiring or whatever makes you happy makes you happy. But we have quote unquote commitment issues. I was going to also say um, commitment issues like with living situations especially after data really hard because I live in Nashville. I don't really know if I want to stay because honestly, Nashville is not that fun anymore. Don't come here. I mean, it's fine, but uh, I really, really contemplated moving back to Minnesota, which I don't want to move back to Minnesota, but after dad, I have so much anxiety being away from family. Yeah. That's something I need to like, I need to work on myself, but I have so much, so much anxiety just because I think with how dad, how fast dad went that I was, I'm over here being like, Am I not gonna yeah. have time with my family? Yeah, because you you hear it being like you know you, you could lose somebody at any time. You don't know when's the last time you're gonna see somebody. Mm-hmm. It, you don't really like realize it until it happens. You, mm-hmm. Like you really just don't know you know when the last time is you're gonna see somebody. So it's a scary thing of being like whenever I say goodbye to people now, I have it in my mind of being like this could be our last goodbye, which is like such a yeah way of thinking about the world. But like, whenever I say goodbye to somebody, I cannot say goodbye to somebody without thinking like. Mm-hmm. and like we contemplating with COVID stuff it's kind of difficult but we contemplating contemplated possibly spending the summer in London but yeah. and I would I would still love that but there is a really really anxious part of me that doesn't yeah. leave the family for that long I know because it's like at least in the U.S. is like if we have to take a flight out really quick we can like ideally it's like nice to be closer like I mean I'm thinking about moving in with Lauren in Nashville Mm-hmm. But that's my one thing that I'm like, super unsure about because I've never left Minnesota. I've always been in Minnesota. So when dad was sick, I was, I was already living with them at the time because I thought I had COVID and dad thought he had COVID. So we were quarantined, quarantining together. You know, even if we weren't, it's like I can get to get to mom's house in 20 minutes and I can get to Iowa in two hours. Mm-hmm. So it's just a nice comfort to know that I can drive somewhere the day of and, you know, be somewhere whenever I need to definitely so it's very scary to be like oh I don't know that far away first of all I think I'm my mom every weekend yeah so <laughs> it is I don't know. to get used to it and it, but at the same time with that stuff I got back in three hours you know yeah like I made the flight either day of or the day before you know you get there pretty fast and yeah. it's just scary to think about it so much instead of just being like okay I'm gonna go right off you know no it's definitely very scary and that's why even like we went to Astoria Oregon over the summer and I would move there in a heartbeat but again it's like that's even farther that's farther plane that's a 24-hour drive at least right now I'm only a 14-hour drive 12-hour drive to Iowa so I can do that in a day easily but 24-hour you know so it's just a it's scary too much anxiety now just being away from people when before I was like I want to move so far away from home I'll go live in a different country for a year or something you know before I didn't think about it at all and now it's like yeah, I can't imagine being away from mom for 
that long like even coming to live with you like it's gonna be really hard to get used to because I really do see her at least once a week yeah you know so that'll be really difficult even in 2019 one of my really good friends did a work holiday visa in Australia for a year well I guess it was in 2019 like it went into COVID and I was really really contemplating doing it with her there for a while and I'm so, so glad I didn't like, it'd been awesome experiences, but I couldn't imagine be- being that far away from dad, oh especially all the COVID stuff. Cause like she was basically stuck there during COVID. Like I wouldn't have been able to get out. And yeah. it's, dad. Well, it that's dad. Another thing. it's not even, it's not even like the having to fly or having to worry about if someone like were to get sick or something bad happens to somebody. It's, not, it's partly, yes, that we have to make more arrangements to go see them, like figure out how to go see them in a good amount of time. But also it's like, you know, being that far away from people allows you less time with them while they're alive and healthy. So it's like, I just don't want to be like super far away and like be in a different country from like mom or something and be losing that time with her. Definitely. It's just like, it's like another part to think about. It's like, you just want to, you want to have as much time with that person Mm -hmm. as you can before, you know, people leave us. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, we probably all have these moments where we didn't know that dad was sick mm-hmm. and you're like, if I just fucking knew, if I just oh. knew I would have spent all of 2020 home, you know, exactly. yeah. but you just don't know. And even like, we you know, we took dad, the South Dakota trip, trip for dad's 60th and he probably had cancer at that point. Yeah. We just didn't know yet. And it's just like, if I would have known, you know, and the stupid fights you got into with him exactly. and like all that shit is just like, I don't know. It's only if you it's so bad for you, but you can really beat yourself up about that stuff. So you kind of just have to like, let it go at the end of the day. Like it's nothing that you can change, obviously. And we know that we had good relationships with dad. So it wasn't like a, and I know he forgives us for every oh, yeah. little thing like that. Yeah. But it, it just makes you think about those things a lot more. It's just like, I don't want to, at the same time, I don't want to put my life on hold for the what ifs, you yeah. know, like, that's exactly I, it. And yeah, I want to travel and I want to see the world and I want to, do selfishly what I want to do but then in the back of my mind I think it's always going to be like but what am I like missing out on with this person in their life that like you know with that kind of stuff yeah it's a hard line to play because at the same time some of our best memories with dad were when we traveled you know like that really installed in us like traveling and in my my viewpoint is why are we on this earth if it's not to see the world like how beautiful the world is yeah um and I shouldn't just be in one place also with dad stuff I there's a fine line between trying to be independent and becoming codependent like I do think you and I are very codependent on each other on an unhealthy level for being honest even like mom says this sometimes she's like uh I don't know if you guys should be like revolving your whole world around each other like "Mm -hmm." Lauren and I like we have like she's my best friend like genuine best friend the other person I can like tell absolutely anything to and the only person I could talk to any part of the day but then also we have all of our like future career things that we hope take off in life. It would end up being like me and you working together for the rest of our lives mm-hmm. very closely with all of our businesses. Then also we want to live with each other for a little and, bit, not forever. <laughs> oh yeah. Not forever for a little bit. But then when we don't live with each other anymore, once we're like past that stage, we want to live near each other. We'll always be in the same city. I think going yes. forward, unless always going to happen because we've always been this close I mean not always been this close we weren't this close when we were little everybody and we grew into it <laughs> we can tell that we got a whole podcast about that I'll leave. I mean, you, we did a little bit last episode when you talked about your how I used to put my nails in you oh, yeah, Lauren was I, a uh, pushed Kendra into a fireplace growing up yeah Lauren was the worst 
um, we ran really close. So yeah, our whole lives basically like revolve around each other in some way or another. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. I understand it's probably a little unhealthy, but like we've said before, at least to each other, I know this has been on the podcast, but when you have that person that's like can fit every single box in your life, mm-hmm. why would I not take advantage of that and like keep that, you know, I don't know. It's like you fit every box in my life. So why would I like keep myself from that just because it's unhealthy? you know yeah but unhealthy by like what standard you know i think it's healthy <laughs> fine <laughs> at least right now you know because yeah after- obviously we're not going to be able to like i mean we're both going to probably have relationships of some sort but those will also if our boys if we're not a, a quadruplet yeah, you got to morph into our life <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> they have to be best friends and like we all have to be like all have to you know connect be besties and so eventually life will be like separated I guess kind of but then like more I guess but not really especially if our businesses happen we'll still get to hang out every single day yeah and hopefully that doesn't make us want to murder each other well guess I'd like you guys to all answer who do you think could murder who remember I pushed her into a fireplace I already tried remember that I blacked out when I put my nails into her yeah dude Kendra literally had to wear casts around both hands when she was like two four I think and mom would color code the or color match them to my outfits it wasn't four I was not eight when I pushed you into a fireplace I'm pretty sure Uh two I was going to preschool it was like two no have you seen the picture of me you're like two I'm not two in that picture yeah let's compromise three and seven okay (laughs) My mom used to color coordinate my hand wraps to match my outfits. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was just going to point out the fact that one thing I'm extremely, extremely, extremely grateful for with going through grief that I understand a lot of people don't have is we have an amazing family who's an amazing mm-hmm. support system. Like yes. the amount of texts we've even just received from our um, podcast last week from family. Mm-hmm is awesome like I do feel super supported by it Mm -hmm. um I'm very grateful for that yeah we've been supported all throughout and like I don't know they were also just great even when dad like I don't know our family's always we've always been like so close to our family like Mm -hmm. do everything with them did we talk about that in our last episode or was that in our second episode I don't quite remember I don't either but I I get nervous of our family listening to this well yeah because i'm sorry family yes a lot of times it's like serious you know we have a topic we're going for it here it is but sometimes it's gonna be non-family or you know non-family topics you might not want to listen to sometimes we get inappropriate we get we have little inappropriate spurts in every episode but some episodes are gonna be like um mostly inappropriate and then like serious sports. I just don't think they realize how much we swear on a regular basis yeah, yeah we're like our you know like obviously you have a family self and you have a you know sister self yeah and I think they've seen most of our sister selves but they haven't heard us swear I'm sure none of them have said none of them have heard us say the word pussy <laughs> I was you know like that's probably the word that they I don't know yeah and then and i was the, thinking about the butthole story when you were like he probably wanted to go home and do anal <laughs> when we got the text from the family i was like oh my god yeah i forgot they're gonna listen to this i forgot <laughs> they had access to it because 
I mean, it's probably good that I wouldn't say the things that I am saying if I remember, if I like knew they were going to be listening to it. Yeah. I want, obviously I want you guys to have a great impression of me, you know? <laughs> obviously but, respectable young ladies. <laughs> we just like some, we have some dirty humor, you know, and it's fun. So, yep. Sorry. You got to hear the dirty it's humor. Dad. And- I feel like we got it from yes, dad. That's true. This is true. Growing up, I thought you spelled tight, like, oh, like this, this, uh, parking space is really tight. Pussy is so tight. No, he would not say that. He would say, well, not that. I was saying, but if I was, if I'm thinking about the word tight, that's oh, yeah. what my mind. But growing up, I literally thought it was spelled T-I-T tight because dad, whenever he was like parking, he'd be like, oh, this parking spot's a little T-I-T tight. And I still say that all the time, but I thought growing up, you spelled it T-I-T. Yeah, he had but a lot of not, that spells tit. <laughs> he always said, "Oh, it's colder than a witch's tit out here." Yeah, you, like, Dad, that's so gross. But all that's hilarious. It is funny. Um, eventually, for sisters, or for, sorry, four months in a row. Once we have like a some way to get our graphic designs on shirts, I want to have my witch drawing. And then have her have like really pointy boobs. <laughs> and then I want to have, it's colder than the witch's tit out here. That would be sick. I know. That's trademark, everybody. Nobody steal that design. That's our design for the future once we figure out how to print it on a t-shirt. That would be awesome. But yes, um, we are going to, well, maybe we're considering having a two dipshits after dark segment sometimes. We'll talk about more inappropriate topics. So I would suggest family to steer clear of those another topic you want to talk about yeah what topic do you want to talk about i asked you is there another topic you want to talk about oh well if you want to wrap up we can just say like our goals and stuff but i just like tell me your goals so kenner and i want to start at the end of the week kind of doing goals whether they're related to grief or anxiety bettering ourselves or something random to get us out of our comfort zone comfort zone mm. yeah like we can give each other goals some week we can make our own goals some week some of them are just like normal stuff some of them are grief related it's whatever just because i'm a goal oriented lady so i feel like i'll be more held accountable i have to like report back next week and be like yeah i did a good job or i did not do a good job at this mm-hmm. or if i tell you to go give a hot boy your number and you don't you're gonna come back and be so embarrassed and sad that you didn't other than being like oh no I just I didn't that's so boring or you can come back and be like this really helped my grief or be like honestly I hate this yeah very true my goals for this week are all just like um being more productive and helping myself Mm -hmm. but specifically they are tidy for five to ten minutes a day because Mm -hmm. My apartment gets out of order really quickly, which is not good. And then it really stresses me out. And I need to clean right now. As you can probably see, um, my bathroom is really, really messy. Um, okay. My whole apartment's really messy because I've been sewing and stuff. And I haven't done laundry in a while. So I need to like do a deep clean day. And then I want to hold myself accountable and clean, tidy for five to ten minutes every single day. So that like my apartment stays organized and clean. Then I want to work out for at least 30 minutes a day. So even on my days where I don't want to work out, don't want to do anything, I have to do something active for at least 30 minutes. Cool. And I have another goal too. My last goal is to wake up by 8.30 every day, which may not seem early to some people, but for me, that's very early. And I need to do it because it makes me more productive, obviously. 
which also means my bedtime has to be earlier, but I usually stay up till 2 a.m. anyway, but I need to have a healthier sleep schedule and wake up early and not allow myself to snooze. I'm a snoozer and I snooze like 10 times and it's obviously a, not a good habit to build. What about you? I think those are great. Thanks. And drink more water because I don't do that. Mm-hmm. That's what my grapefruit water is right by my foot. I heart grapefruit water. It's yeah, good. I had grapefruit water. Well, it's grapefruit juice. I do. I take one of the, if you go to Target, you can get grapefruit juice from R.W. Nudson. Nudson. <laughs> I was going to say that too. <laughs> I get grapefruit juice from them and then I have a lot of the empty bottles. So I take half the bottle and fill it with water and I fill the other half with grapefruit juice. And I just like keep that and drink, try to drink at least one a day plus other water. But it's just yummy. It helps you drink my water and grapefruits are good for you. But I don't, I hate eating them. I have grapefruits in my fruit bowl right now. They taste like toothpaste. What? No, they don't. They're yummy. The juice tastes good, but the grapefruit itself tastes like toothpaste. Except when dad used to make our grapefruits. Do you remember him? Like making the grapefruits and he cut it so well. Cut it so well and then he put a little drizzle of sugar. Ah. On the top. They were the best. Because that's what I hate about grapefruits. I hate that it's like so much work. But he did such a good job. He like cut it perfectly and it was just so easy. and just scooped it out like a little squish squish. Um, my goals for the week, I was going to do no drinking and then I realized I have a friend's birthday party to go to Friday. So I'm going to drink of that, but no drinking only for that, only for that. And our podcast. Well, yeah, I was going to go until California, but then I realized we had to do a podcast today and. Well, our podcast, we usually just drink like one unless yeah, we're feeling, unless one. Us feeling it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's mainly because I just needed a little bit of a detox from this past weekend because it was. Super Bowl. We did a podcast. I went out with friends I hadn't seen in a while. And so now I'm just like, ooh, I had to take a little bit of a break. Mm, I don't know, dude. Should I give you a boy challenge? No. No. Don't make me talk to boys. I don't have any ready anyway. I'll tell you guys, I tried to make a Tinder and a Hinge for Lauren, but I realized that boys are just super nasty and gross, and I don't want to talk to them for my sister. Yeah. With myself I can put up with it because it's just like funny to me but when it's like hearing them and it's like me thinking about you it's like oh no I don't like this so I I wasn't cut out for that job I'm sorry yeah last episode we were like oh it'd be so much it'd be so funny if Kendra like made a, yeah, a- it's for the podcast we're like that'd be a funny little segment mm-hmm. but no that's why I hate dating apps everybody's just so gross like you get 99 gross responses for one good response yeah I've met everybody I've ever dated off dating apps but also I go on like I go on the one I'm like oh I'm bored and I just like you know want some entertainment and it's like I don't want to find anybody but then I do I don't and I think I will say for my age group I think they're a lot better because everybody in my age group uses dating apps so you really do get a well-rounded group of people I think at your age it's like either they don't use dating apps they do use dating apps but they have a kid which I found a lot of and I was like "Mm, that's weird Mm-hmm. or they have weird I think I would it depends on the person it depends on the situation but, yeah. uh, but like, or like I don't know but like then like I don't know I was like I'm not gonna I don't say you with the guy with the kid because I feel like right now you're not in for that right now you're in for like casual stuff you know no, no definitely not or else they're like a weirdo like a lot of weirdos there was a lot of guys that were like calling you wifey the guys I, who- can we talk about that it's actually so funny I literally texted my friend today that's getting married in june and i was like can you please please promise me you will never use the terms wifey and hubby i 
hate them. The amount of Valentine, no, sorry, anybody that put that out there. The amount of Valentine's posts that were like, happy Valentine's Day to my wifey. And I'm like, I hate wifey. Just call her wife. Just call her wife or anything else. I hate wifey and hubby. And I will, I will die on this, on this, on this opinion. I hate it. It is nasty. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of guys are really weird about it. So I was like, mm. and also me just trying to like, I didn't really know how, I guess I didn't really think through the part that I had to text them mm, yeah. back. You know, at first I was like, oh, I'll just like find out who, like send people your way or whatever. But I have to text them and figure out if they're like, a good person or not first. Yeah, did like, anybody like the dodgeball quote? Yeah, we got a lot of responses back on that, but only from ugly guys. Uh, only ugly guys watch that movie? Oh. So, except for there was one cute guy who responded, but he was the one who said something about like, tell my wifey I say hi, and how are you doing, sister-in-law? Ew, that's too much. Yes, and I was like, you're cute, but not that cute, honey wenches. Ew. Yeah. But also, great movie. Great movie, yes, but I don't know, I'm not cut out for that lifestyle, I'm sorry, but in person it'll be better, and we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll download it myself in like the next three months. Yeah. I can't do it. I hate dating apps. I'm not going to challenge you to do it. I don't think, I mean, when I come live with you, if I come live with you, it's like, we're going to just go out to breweries and go out to just coffee shops and anywhere. And I mean, if I see a cute boy around your age, you best believe I'm giving them your number or at least making you talk to them. Okay. I'll do a little voice memo on my phone for the podcast and be undercover and be like, so we're at this thrift store and there's this really cute boy. So I told Lauren to go give him her number. And now they're smiling at each other, you know? They're banging in the sweatshirts. I was going to say that, but I didn't want to. (laughs) (laughs) In the sweatshirts. (laughs) That's not where I would bang. If you were to bang in a thrift store, where would you bang? Besides dressing rooms. Is there a furniture section or no? Yeah. Like a unique, and I'm thinking unique. Where would you bang in unique? Oh, well, that one's different because the furniture section's pretty out in the open there. This is true. I mean, I just, you can't bang behind the curtains. Sweatshirt section, still kind of soft around you, you know? Mm-hmm. A little bit and you're usually towards the back of the store. That's true. Or would you do it on the register? <laughs> That'd be super hot. <laughs> <laughs> Only if the store was closed. <laughs> um... I guess I'd probably do it, yeah, back by, like, the flannels and the ties, I guess. The ties, ooh, because you could use them. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. This is in a little back corner. I feel like it's not very well lit over there. Or by the dressing rooms, but, like, by the boot section, because nobody really goes to see the boots. You know, most people check out the shoes, but not the boots. But also, anybody who's checking out the shoes can also see the boots. Mm-hmm. That'd be a really difficult um place to do that in and if the if a boot gets anywhere it might be a little uncomfortable a little spicy take <laughs> <laughs> up the ass but yeah also nashville guys just suck i'm like to say it i was talking about that with gabby this morning on our hike yeah because they're just it's a very materialistic material girl and look driven and very uh everybody's a musician yeah 
You know, so it's a very like, what can you do for me type of culture? We don't like that. We like a, what can I do for you, baby? Guys that go out are just really arrogant. And I just don't understand it. I'm just like, I don't understand how you, why you're so arrogant. Why do you think you're such a catch? I mean, you should. I don't think that people understand that their persona of confidence versus arrogance. Yes. I'm like, you should have confidence. Yes. But you shouldn't think that you're God's gift to this planet. And I know people else. who are, who think that they're being confident or think they're coming off as confident, but really they're just coming off as extremely arrogant. Like I have like a, a guy friend who was like asking like, Ooh, girls just aren't into guys like me. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, is that that stupid? Like they just never liked the nice guy. Like yeah. that shit. And, and I was like, like, oh, it's, because, you. it's because you walk around like you're the hottest shit on this planet. And like, nobody's good enough for you. You're giving off that vibe and you're talking to people like they're less than you. That is why, that's what it is. It's not that you're the nicest guy in the world, you know, Mm-mm. which you might like, you, he's a very nice guy, but his outward persona is very, I'm better than everybody else. It's not a confidence. And that's what he was saying. He was like, it's just confidence. You, you, I thought like, you no, know, confidence is attractive. And it's like, no, you're crossing the line. It's not just confidence. You're crossing the line into arrogance. arrogance okay i'm tired i'm tired too though you didn't really say any goals did you sorry i got to say i tracked i was on my couch and i was like what is that and i was like oh yeah it's my knife <laughs> in case i need to stab it <laughs> I sleep with knives under my bed um under your, under your couch. couch not under your bed that is my goal for the week i need to buy a bed yes you do um my ex had the bed and I've just been in Minnesota a lot and so I just haven't bought a bed and I'm not good with making big purchases it gives me a lot of anxiety so I just need to do it I just need to buy a bed this week (laughs) but my thing is I just get too nervous because I'm like oh well the bed's not gonna be soft what if I hate the bed what if it breaks I don't know so I breaks ayo you know we got to make sure it's sturdy enough that's my goal for the week i literally walked into a like a little furniture store today it's kind of expensive one in nashville so it's like one of the kind pieces and i saw this unbelievably beautiful bookshelf it was beautiful and then i go should i really buy this really expensive bookshelf before i buy a bed no it was pretty but i do think you can find it elsewhere i have a goal for the whole year I decided is to go to the driving range or go golfing 20 times this year. That's dope. You keeping a little tally? I am. I'm only one in because the weather hasn't been too great, but now it's getting better. So yeah. can't go tomorrow because of therapy, but I might go. Oh no, I can't go Thursday or Friday. I might go Saturday. I go to that. Honestly, that's like one of the places I feel dad the most. Like when I'm not, when I'm kind of sad about dad or if I'm just kind of like, you know, I don't know how to say it, like reminisce a little bit, kind mm-hmm. of feel his presence. I usually go golfing or to the driving range because he's the one that taught me and he's the one that really encouraged me to try out for the golf team when I said, dad, I'm not having fun in softball anymore. And he was like, you should do golf because you can do that for the rest of your life. True that. Whenever it's funny, like whenever I go to the driving range, I literally just hear his, his advice every single swing. Oh. What to do. Yeah. That's so sweet. That's a good goal to have. It's nice. It helps my mental health. Plus, there's just this little place in Nashville that has a punch card. And your dad loved punch cards. Oh, boy, did he. So on the 10th time, I get a free ticket. 
We were always told to get the punch punch cards. In one place, one restaurant growing up didn't take his punch card because they got under new management. So the punch card expired. He boycotted that place. He made the whole family boycott it. We had never gone back. We still have never gone back to that restaurant. It's true. They should have taken his punch card. It was like five dollars. They couldn't yeah. even take it. Definitely, but that was like nope. We can never go get a burger there ever again. Okay, I'm getting a little tired now. So thanks for listening to our episode. Um, our email is down. Our email, all, all our socials are down in the description box. Leave us a message if you want us to talk about something or if you, yeah, anything. But I hope you have a great butthole of a night. Take another shot. You going to say goodbye too or are you just going to look like that? (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Bye. Bye.